Today's episode contains spicy content. Discretion advised. Please be sure to like and subscribe and stick around after the story to hear my thoughts. I paused to take another sip of coffee. I'd gotten through almost the entire list Manson had given me and the questions had become pretty obscure. I had to Google the definition of catatronophilia, only to realize it meant getting turned on by having sex in front of a mirror. That was a 5 out of 5 on the interest scale for me, along with dozens of other fetishes that had never even crossed my mind. Extreme bondage, impact play, whips, chains, domestic discipline, marking, scarification, degradation, the list went on and on. In a weird way, it was reassuring to see the things I was interested in on a list like this. It was a reassurance that someone else out there, more than a few someones, had the same desire as I did, but it also made me feel like I was in over my head. Spanking and handcuffs felt acceptably kinky, even a little trendy, but there were fetishes for stalking, kidnapping, and captivity, all of which had me practically shivering with desire. They fell under the umbrella of consensual non-consent, which involved the submissive person role-playing that they weren't willing. All of it got a 5 out of 5 from me. By 1am, I'd completed the entire sheet and was squirming in my seat from the fantasies it inspired. At least it was finished and I could have a little date with my vibrator before bed. Except, damn it, their stupid rules. I wasn't supposed to masturbate without permission. And again, the question sprang to my mind. How would they know? I saved the pages to my phone and attached them in the group chat Vincent had set up along with the message. If this list ever gets in front of anyone else's eyes besides you four, I will kill you. I left my phone on my desk, locked my door, and rummaged under my bed for the box I hid my sex toys in. It wasn't a particularly large collection, but well used. Usually, I didn't feel such a thrill when I opened the box, but knowing I was doing this against their orders made it feel particularly naughty. My ass was still sore from the last spanking I'd gotten, yet I was prepared to break a rule already. I should have warned them that rules and I didn't get along. My phone buzzed again and I sighed. I should have guessed at least one of the boys would be awake. I stagged my vibrator from the box and tossed it on the bed, flopping down among my pillows before I checked the text. It was from Manson. Our customers' proprietary information is of the utmost importance to us. Your dirty little secret is safe. Staring at the screen, I imagined him looking over the list. I'd been brutally honest, even for the kinks I never thought I'd admit. I'd felt wildly brave while filling it out. But now that it was out of my hands, I was nervous. When do I get to see your list? I feel it's only fair I get some blackmail material on you, too, I responded. A text from Lucas came through. It isn't blackmail if we're not afraid of it getting out. If the public wants to know how I fuck, that's fine with me. I shook my head, smiling despite myself. It was easy to imagine Lucas loudly declaring exactly what he liked to anyone who would listen. To my surprise, Manson responded with an attachment. Then Lucas, then Jason. Then Jason again with the message. This one's Vince's. He's at work. I vaguely recalled that Vincent worked as a bartender, but I wasn't sure where. I opened up Manson's attachment first, unable to resist skimming through the list. My thighs squeezed a little tighter together as my eyes widened, and I found myself pinching my lower lip as I read. 
Every time I found our interests to be similarly aligned, there was a little throb in my chest as if my heart had jumped in excitement. Reading through his answers was far more of a turn-on than I expected. I reached for my vibrator, flicking it on, slowly trailing it over my inner thighs. He'd rated scarification as a five on his interest scale, and immediately I thought of the tiny heart etched into my finger. There was something so unbearably erotic about him slicing into my flesh, watching my blood well up and consuming it right in front of me. What would it be like to let him cut into me deep enough to scar, to beg him not to hurt me and have him smile at me in response, knowing that he wasn't going to stop? Are you about to get yourself off, Jessica? My phone almost slipped through my fingers. The text was from Lucas. I messaged back hurriedly. He told me I wasn't allowed to without permission. So you do remember the rules, Manson responded. Why are you already breaking them, brat? Trying to get spanked again already? Put the vibrator down and start begging for permission instead. Lucas's next message read, Shit, I'd already fucked up. How did they know this? What was going on? I frowned, switching off the vibrator and setting it aside. My curtains were open and I leaned toward the glass, peering down into the yard. Nothing but darkness was out there, but... I snatched up my phone again. Where are you? How did you know I was using my vibrator? Lucas's next message was quick to arrive. It doesn't matter where I am, but if you pick up that toy again and start using it without permission, I'll know. Lucas's text had a photo attached and I had to wait for it to load, but once it did, it stuttered my breath to a halt. It was a photo of my bedroom window. The curtains were open and the light was on. The angle was taken from somewhere below. I scrambled toward the glass again, taking a much more thorough look into the yard. The bushes, the trees, the wooden fence, behind the garbage cans. Nothing. Does it scare you, knowing I'm watching you? I stared at his message, then back out into the dark. It didn't scare me, not exactly. This feeling was different. How long have you been watching me? I wrote. Doesn't matter. Just consider yourself lucky that I'm willing to give you permission to orgasm. Vincent responded for the first time, but it was just a laughing emoji and a confetti effect. That fucking clown. My fingers flew over the keys. What do I need to do? My fingers tapped rapidly on the mattress as I waited for his response. I kept glancing out the windows. Even being on the second floor, I had the irrational fear that I was going to look out and see Lucas standing outside, staring at me from the dark. Kneel on your bed in front of the window and give me a show. I stared at the text for a long time, chewing my lower lip. I could refuse and go to sleep, but I was hot and uncomfortable already. Sleep wouldn't come easily unless I found some way to get this tension out. It was the middle of the night, and all the other houses on our street were dark. But what if someone saw me? Yes or no, before I get bored. With my heart pounding, I crawled across the bed to kneel right in front of the windows. Somewhere out there, Lucas was watching me. That smoldering heat in my belly flared with a vengeance. I tugged down the waistband of my pajama pants until they pulled around my knees, nervously licking my lips as I gazed out into the dark. But unless my face was closer to the glass, the only thing I could see was my own expression staring back at me. That's a good girl. Give me something sexy to show the boys when I get home. 
I'll be recording. I picked up the vibrator and turned it on, taking a deep breath. I started slowly at first, touching it lightly to my abdomen and caressing it over my pubic mound. They were all going to see me do this. Lucas would go home, show them this video. Would they jack off to it, stroke themselves at the sight of me, spill their cum when I wasn't even there to taste it? The thought made my breath catch. I had set my phone aside, but I could still see the screen. You better have that thing on its highest setting. I paused, flicking the button on my toy in the other direction. The vibrations grew stronger, reverberating through my hand. I rarely used this setting. It took me from zero to 100 so fast it was almost painful. I moved it between my legs, adjusting the power of it before I grazed it over my clit. Don't be pussyfooting around. I want to see you shake. Alicia couldn't hear me whimper as I pressed the vibrator against myself. Oh shit, I whispered, exhaling heavily as I moved the vibrator again. This wasn't the type of speed that would slowly ease me up to an orgasm. It would rip my orgasm out of me and beat me with it. If you keep moving that vibrator away, I'm going to come up, tie you to the bed, and make you lie there with it between your legs all night. You wanted to break the fucking rules? This is what happens. I moaned, my hand shaking as I held the vibrator in place again. I struggled to stay upright in front of the windows, my legs rapidly beginning to ache. My clit wanted to retreat from the vicious vibrations, but my body was still responding. The tension built brutally. How does it feel, fuck toy? Is it a little bit too much for you? I nodded mindlessly, rocking my hips against the vibrations. There was something deliciously degrading about being referred to as nothing more than a toy. Every inch of me was tense, rising so quickly toward an orgasm that I couldn't manage to relax a single muscle. I held my breath in an effort not to make a sound, but even the fragile self-control was going to break. Don't stop. Make yourself come for me. Keep the vibrator there until I give you permission to stop. Fuck. My voice cracked. My toes curled. I doubled over as I came, clapping my free hand over my mouth to muffle the groan that came with it. Jesus Christ, it was too much. It hurt. It felt so good, but it hurt. Sit up. Don't you dare hide your face from me. I barely managed it. I was shaking my head, whispering, please, over and over again as if he could hear me, as if Lucas gave a fuck about mercy. She looks like she's gonna cry, boys. Should I let her stop? Another confetti message came through from Vincent. I would have been mad if I hadn't felt like my clit was about to break. Let her cry. God damn it, Manson. Make her go for another minute. 60 seconds. Jason's idea at least put an end in sight. I leaned my hand against the window, the reflection of my own face too much to bear. My hair was disheveled, my cheeks were pink, my mouth hung open because I was panting so hard. God, I was so sensitive, even a feather would have made me flinch. But this? This was torture. I wasn't building towards another orgasm. I was still lingering at the end of the last one. Trapped, suspended in pleasure limbo. That's 60 seconds. Stop. I almost sobbed with relief. I switched off the vibrator and tossed it down, collapsing onto the bed as I tried to catch my breath. My legs were twitching. My clit felt as if I had hooked electro rods up to it. They hadn't even touched me, and they reduced me to this. 
My phone kept buzzing as I stared at the screen, bleary-eyed. I think I killed her, boys. Rest in peace, Angel. Vincent switched it up this time and sent some fireworks. I was too tired to drag myself out of bed and into the shower. I was too tired to even send them a snarky response. I crawled into the blankets, and my exhausted body melted into sleep within minutes. So that was Losers Part 1 by Harley LaRoe. That is actually a continuation from The Dare, which is the novella that we had talked about in the previous episode to this one. So this is involving Jess, who is our main character from The Dare. But this time we have other characters involved in this scene. We have Manson, who we know from the first one. But we also have his best friends, Lucas, Vincent, and Jason. And this scene is really interesting because it's all done over a texting they're not there face-to-face with her. So to give a little backstory, it's been three years. She essentially, okay, spoiler warning if you don't want to know, if you are going to read The Dare, spoiler warning. So at the end of The Dare, she basically ghosts Manson. They agree that they're going to see each other again, and then she doesn't talk to him, and then it's three years. So of course he's completely gutted. And at the end of The Dare, another spoiler, or towards the end, I should say, she ends up basically having interactions with all four of them at the same time. So that's how they all come in together. So basically, they're all one group. Some stuff goes down in the beginning of this one. She's back in town. They all meet again. And this is now part where they have all agreed to basically explore this together. So Manson, Lucas, Jason, and Vincent all live together. And they have their own relationships within each other as well as just friends, but romantically as well. And then now Jess is thrown into the mix with this. Harley LaRoe just has my heart because I feel very much like Jess, where she has just opened my eyes to so many things. I haven't read anything or experienced anything where it involves me and two other people or three other people, or here it's four other people. So that was a very interesting dynamic to read about because you think that Is there going to be jealousy? Is there going to be a power struggle? But the roles are very clear on where everybody stands, on who does what, on who is kind of in charge, who more so follows. But each one of them have their own individual relationships with Jess, which of course get explored as the book goes on and in the final one as well. But it was really interesting to see I felt, again, like Jess, where she's watching them watch her, and she's like, oh, my gosh, this is such a turn-on. And I'm like, yeah, girl, that is a turn-on. That's like, that sounds fun. <laughs> like just, But I think that goes into the, to this, the world of being an exhibitionist, right? You enjoy being watched. It's like they talk about in that thing. The moment when someone's like, go ahead and put on your show, you're like, lights, camera, action, let's do this. Because there's your exhibitionist and then there's the voyeurism right so obviously they're enjoying watching they're enjoying this and then it's always fun when they're when they all get to be involved with it so in the dare this is what i was saying earlier about the roles being very clearly defined in the dare when all four of them come together (laughs) jess is pleasuring lucas and he's going pretty rough on her and Manson comes around and he just taps him on the shoulder and he says Lucas needs to calm down or take it easy or something like that and he immediately like pulls back 
and me the same time as Jess, I was like, oh my gosh, like just to see Manson kind of be the head of this group. Again, they all have their own personalities. They all have their own, you know, roles and it is what they like, but it's very, very clear that Manson is kind of the head of that. He kind of is what moves everything in a certain direction, especially when it's in a scene with all of them. Um, he very much does not, you know, give up that that position that he has not in like any bad way that's just who he is so yeah seeing him have that control seeing him kind of make the shots and say you know there's another scene in this book that I almost I almost was going to read for this one because it involves Manson and Lucas and Jess specifically the three of them together you know what, what? I'm going to flag it because we might do it for next week. It's so good. But again, it's those rules that are so clearly defined. It was it's it's great to see them. So at the start, we see that Jess has a list that she's been given. And this is basically a kink list, right? It's a scale of one to five. What are you interested? What are you not interested? Hard limits, soft limits, maybes, yes or no's. Um, by the way, if you haven't done a list like this, you really should because it's very fun to like read these things and figure out like, oh, what's that? And then you Google something, you're like, oh my gosh, okay, maybe not that. And then you Google something, you're like, absolutely that. So again, I feel very much where it's like she's looking through all of this and it's so great to see everything written out and knowing that like, wow, these things exist and these things are real and other people have an interest in them too. And that's really fun to see. Of course, when you're doing this list and if you decide to give it to somebody, as Jess says, you know, you guys better not show this and, or else I'll kill you and I want some blackmail on you. I don't think she necessarily meant it as a serious thing. I'm sure she meant it more so jokingly. But of course, it being her first time doing this, yeah, I would imagine, gosh, if my list ever got out, I think I'd be mortified if anybody's seen that. Um, nobody has it, though, because this was something that I did just for myself, just to see. Um, <laughs> so unless I'm planning to blackmail myself, I think I'm okay. <laughs> but I digress. Yeah, I think it's funny that the boys were like, we don't care what if anybody sees our stuff, this is who we are. But for her, it's more so, again, this whole new thing that she's exploring. It's like, oh my gosh, if this does get out, like, I will kill you guys. But of course, she's having lots of fun with it. And the boys are great. They're, they aren't going to lead her astray. <laughs> we love it. I, I wish I was part of this group. I When I finished this one, this series, I was so sad because I, I literally said it to, to my friend who is also a big reader. I was like, I miss my guys. Like, I miss spending time with them. I miss, like being in their lives it sounds so cheesy but again this is one of the best things about reading right you get so engrossed in these books and these storylines and you feel like these people are a part of you so as the, these by the way losers is about 600 pages and losers part two i think is roughly around the same so this is a long time that i spent with this group and they're great i just wanted to put it out there <laughs> So she's been very clearly given orders that she needs permission if she wants to orgasm, if she wants to use her stuff. And if she doesn't, there's going to be consequences. So, of course, if you're by yourself in your room and you don't live with, you know, whoever gave you these rules, of course, that thought's going to pop into your head of like, well, how would they know? I am a terrible liar. I would confess and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I did it. <laughs> but I think the thought crosses through everybody's mind, right? 
So I think for a Jess to want to start to push those boundaries so fast and figure out like, oh, are they going to really see? Who would ever expect that Lucas is going to be watching her from outside her window, from somewhere that she can't even see? So that whole part of her being guided through and basically being told like, okay, you wanted this, now you're going to do it. And now you're going to make it a big spectacle for us. That was great to read. Sharing from personal experience here. I remember the first time that I was basically guided through, kind of told what to do and how to do it. It was so, it was such an odd feeling, but I think it goes again to this kind of world, it's very liberating if it's something that you really enjoy, right? Because the choice is fully taken away from you. You don't have to think about anything besides completing your task, right? And at the end of it is for you to feel good. Well, that's if they make you keep going and going and going and then you're exhausted. But um, yeah, that feeling of like you want to stop and you can or you're doing something and they tell you to keep going or or not just basically them having that control of that again it's just it feels so freeing and it's so just like that unknown of like not knowing what they're going to say next what are they going to throw at you how long are they going to make you go are they going to make you stop all of that there's so much going on first that you're physically feeling and then that you're mentally feeling as well you wrap all of that together and and it's a good time (laughs) And you do fall asleep as fast as she did. I can say that for sure. (laughs) Best sleep of your life. I can guarantee it. (laughs) So that was a fun little segment to read. I started doing this new thing recently because I I still read a lot of, like I like to have a physical copy of the books. Um, It's just something that I enjoyed. I've tried to read before on different aspects, but I'm always a physical copy girl and probably will be. So I got these new little colored tabs that I started to use on my books and I marked them as like spicy, extra spicy, super spicy. And then I also use the different colors for like emotional. And it's been really fun. My books are going to look like a rainbow because they have so many tabs at this point. But I just wanted to throw that out there. If you're looking for a fun way to kind of remember your favorite spots, these colorful like pasty tabs, make sure it doesn't damage your book either is the way to go. It's also really fun if you're like me and you're a visual person and you're like, oh, you know, I have some extra time tonight, which page is extra spicy. I go to the bright red tab and it works. (laughs) Anyways, I just wanted to throw it out there. I hope you enjoyed this segment today. Uh, Again, we will be back next week and we're either going to do another portion of this book or we're going to move on to Losers Part 2. Thanks again for joining in. If you have any books that you think that I would enjoy, please feel free to send them my way. The smuttier, the better. The longer the trigger warning, the better. Um, I look forward to hearing from them or hearing of them. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to stay safe. Remember that consent is sexy and have a good night. (laughs) 